morning. We're continuing our series looking at the nature of the church and today we're looking at the church as a community of worshippers. If I'd given this talk at any time in my life prior to this year it would have had a different emphasis. I'd always understood the context of this passage and the reference to singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs as applying to the gathered church, like we used to do on Sunday mornings and in home groups. And I have to confess, I've really missed that, and I still do. I think most of the memorable times in my life when I've sensed the presence of God most strongly have been in gathered worship settings where God has spoken prophetically or we've been lost in collective sung worship or as the hymn goes in wonder, love and praise. At the moment that's not possible so we have to ask ourselves what does being a community of worshippers look like when we cannot gather together physically? and sing. What is worship? The word worship in English means to acknowledge or ascribe worth to someone or something. Just pause for a moment and ask yourself, who or what do I ascribe worth to? I'm hopeful that God or Jesus was fairly high on your list. Or was he top of the list? The Westminster Catechism, if you like, an old mission statement for the Church of England, says the chief end of man is to worship God and to enjoy him forever. Worship of God is why we are here. It's what we were created for. John began this series by pointing out that the church is a community of Jesus followers. That he is the one thing that unites us. Indeed, without our common experience of Jesus, we might not even know each other. That makes the church a community of people who all have worshipping God as their primary focus. One of the best places in the Bible to get an idea of what worship is, is the book of Psalms. The hymn book of the people of Israel. In Psalm 29 and verses 1 and 2, David writes, Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendour. 
of his holiness. The word ascribe is synonymous with worship. It means the same thing. It's giving God his worth. <clears throat> In his book, The Art of Worship, Fred Bittner writes, when we use the word worship, we really must make a broad stroke with our definition. It must include corporate settings as well as personal one-on-one -on -one time with Jesus. It includes singing praises and being quiet. <coughs> it includes prayer, reading, serving, preaching, and evangelism. Worship takes place on a Sunday, but it also takes place every other day of the week. In fact, corporate worship should be a reflection of the worship we experienced on the previous six and a half days, as well as the springboard for our worship in the week to come. Put simply, Christian worship is anything you do not just singing, that declares the worth of the Lord, which deepens your relationship with Jesus and urges others to follow after him. In verse 17 of the reading EJ gave us, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So if we've got an idea of what worship is, why do we worship God? First of all, we, we worship God for who he is. After all, he's God. He's the creator. He's the author and the sustainer of life. Listen to these words from Revelation chapter 4. Day and night, the living creatures never stop saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And then in verse 11, they lay down their crowns before the throne and they say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created, and have their being. So we worship God for who he is. We also worship him for what he has done. He sent Jesus, who died for us. He took away our sin. He defeated death and evil. <clears throat> Moving on in Revelation to chapter 5. And verse 9, and they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and with your blood you purchased men for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. You've made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on earth. Then I looked. And I heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. 
In a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and glory and honour and power forever and ever. So we worship him for what he's done. But maybe another few verses from Ephesians chapter 2 help to bring into focus what he has done for us as his community of Jesus followers. This is chapter 2 and I'm going to begin at verse 4. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. By grace you have been saved. Two weeks ago, Amber said individual renewal leads to corporate renewal. You know, those words really challenged me. It's not the other way around. It's not that corporate renewal brings about individual renewal. I cannot hide behind what God may be doing in other people. The corporate act of worship can mask a lack of personal, private worship. What I mean is there can be a temptation to only engage in corporate worship and neglect the personal discipline. And to me, the last few months have brought that into focus. <clears throat> One song I've been thinking of a lot during this time is The Heart of Worship by Matt Redman. It's all right, I'm not going to sing it, but these are a few of the words from it. When the music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself is not what you've required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear you're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you it's all about you Jesus <clears throat> it's as if God is saying to me you cannot use fellowship with others as an excuse for not spending personal one-on-one -on -one time with me back in April at the height of the lockdown I was out walking on my own one day and I asked the Lord what he was saying to me at this time. I thought he said, just simply, 
seek me for me. I asked him, what does that mean? And he said, seek me for me. Not because you have to, or you think you ought to, or because you've got an agenda and there's something you'd like me to do for you. Just simply seek me for myself. Those are very simple words. But if I'm honest, I am still now processing what that really means. Seek me for me. That's what worship is about. Just seeking after God for him alone. So what practical steps can we take, particularly when we're not able to gather together to cultivate a heart of worship? <clears throat> well, here's a few, and maybe in your home groups you can, you can think about others. We can read and meditate on the Bible. After all, it is the Word of God. Especially on the Psalms that have got a wide variety of experiences that are brought before God. <clears throat> we, can, we can listen to worship music. If you're old-fashioned like me, maybe using CDs. Or maybe you could use Spotify or YouTube. We can pray. <clears throat> we can encourage one another. Ring, on, ring one another up. We can send messages over WhatsApp. We can even write to one another and share words of encouragement. We could share Jesus with others, otherwise known as evangelism. But to come back again to that verse at the end of our reading this morning in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. It's as we live like that, we represent, we, we show ourselves as a community of worshippers. <clears throat>